accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human. Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. This could be the night of your life. Welcome everybody to the cast from the coast. My name is Adam Miles and I'm joined as always by Tim Johnson and Josh Lambert. And we have once again, special guests, Aaron and Jamie Peerless. Hey, Yay. we love having other horror fans on. This is great. Cause then it's just not me spouting off and the other guys trying to get a word in. And it gets the audience the to pick on Adam. Yeah. Nice beard, Adam. Thanks. <laughs> I don't see the problem yet. Done! Fuck this show and fuck this. <laughs> All right, Tim. Oh, wait. Never mind. <laughs> All right. So let's get right into it, everybody. So tonight we are going to talk about a great movie. Tim, what are we talking about tonight? The 1985. I keep feeling like every movie we write is from 85, but uh, this is also from 85. Ooh. Fright Night. <gasps> love it, it, Aaron. Love it. Wait, wait, wait. Is this another uh, movie this that Josh has never seen? Did you just admit that, Josh? Yep, accurate. Well, you know what? Is it is it surprising no, though? Nothing. No, none of this be. shit surprises no, me anymore. Not surprising no. at all. But but this is part of the show. I mean, we're just gonna rename the show "Movies That Josh Has Never Fucking Seen," and that'll be every episode. Is just yeah. Josh, pick a movie out of this fucking list you haven't seen yet because we're gonna watch it. So, yeah. okay. 1985's Fright Night, written and directed by Tom Holland. I know. I was like, Spider-Man <laughs> fucking did this movie? He wasn't even alive yet. Uh, he'd be talking about this movie in one of his fucking movies. Are you guys old enough to remember that old movie? Then we all feel really old and bad about ourselves. So, Tim, yeah. give us a synopsis while you're at it. Okay, so I got it, it's shorter because of the, the train wreck of the last synopsis from the previous episode. So, a teenager discovers that a newcomer in his neighborhood is a vampire. So he turns to an actor who plays a vampire hunter <laughs> to help him deal with his undead neighbor. Fright Night. Fright. Boom. Boom. Starring one of the best-named vampires in fucking cinematic histories. <laughs> Jerry Dandridge. Jerry Dandridge. <laughs> Just the name rolls off the tongue. It's like 
You know, you think about, you know, like a really wickedly dressed vampire and really, you know, ladies man, but Jerry Dandridge. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. That's just the impression I get from <laughs> All right. Uh, let's uh, get a little bit into the story itself. So this movie is... This movie is like the epitome of the the monster next door, and once again, fitting into that category that we've talked about many times before, where there's a a danger scenario where somebody of school age or younger uh, sees the situation, but cry wolf, nobody believes. So the danger is that have to deal with this and convince people that it's a problem, and once again, try to solve the solution or solve the problem and kill the monster and all that kind of shit. So this is the kind. Of, is that what you got? Is that what you? Because I got that it was just a horror version of the fucking Alfred Hitchcock. The rear movie. window. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's another way to look at it too. I fucking love that trope, though. The yeah, the, the kid the kid sees the the monster and his parents don't yeah. believe. Ah, oh, you're full of shit. Stop drinking Uncle Red's Fuck. beer. I lived that, buddy. <laughs> I lived that. You lived that. That's right. That, those are stories that we've documented on the show in the past. Josh and his Beetlejuice doll that comes to life and uh, fucking terrorizes him. That's why it's under glass in the background there, by the way. He keeps it on the shelf. So it is it's pretty, pretty hilarious. Story out. So, so nobody believes Josh that his, I mean, sorry, we're talking about the movie, not Josh. So, um, Nobody believes you know, the, the guy that his neighbor <laughs> is killing people. So whenever, whenever he has, so whenever he sees women coming to the house, he sees really sexy scenes through the window. And then all of a sudden that yeah, woman yeah. ends up dead and on the news the next day. And he swears, Oh, that person was just in this house and I can prove this guy killed her. And then all of a sudden it's vampire. So, uh yeah not a lot more to talk about when it comes to the story itself but i mean if anybody has any comments about the story and the, and the trope that we're actually going to be talking about tonight pitch in no nope. moving, on. moving on characters let's talk characters shall we so obviously uh jerry dandridge let's talk about jerry dandridge because he's he's top billing in this movie to me chris sarandon fucking prince humperdinck himself yeah love this guy <laughs> Prince fucking Humperdinck. That's where I knew him from. Yes. Thank you. That was bugging me. Well, he, he was also Mike Norris and Charles Boyce. Yeah, but that's where I was thinking. I was like, man. He looks like a Humperdinck. Prince Humperdinck. He is a Humperdinck. Fucking Humperdinck. But once again, proving that this guy's got range in his fucking acting skills, because I love Princess Bride. Uh, unbashedly, unashamedly, I love the Princess Bride. And, you know, to see him in this movie as well as, as a, as a still a little bit of a Heidi tidy character for the most part, but, but with reason he's, he's like a regal esque vampire living in modern day, you know, suburbia is really what it comes down to. Modern day, 1985. Well, at the time, Tim, <laughs> modern day. Did you see the fucking sweater he's wearing in the fucking club? Uh, that shit club? was dope. The big fucking, like, it looked like, it looked like one of those sweaters that a girl would wear over the shoulders and shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It reminds me but, of that. I mean, he was, I'm not going to lie, though. He wore the fuck out of that sweater. Like, he yeah, 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 yeah. He looked good in that sweater. You know, like, where the guy's neck is all stretched out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's what it reminded me of. Oh, man. Uh, when the music kicks in and Marcy Darcy stares lovingly into his eyes. Oh, yeah. It's all fucking great. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Before we weird. even talk, talk about that, like, for the longest time, I was a big uh, Married with Children fan, and uh, I couldn't stand her. Marcy could not stand her. And then I'm like, oh, my God. I'm she's watching hot. this. I was like, she's fucking adorable. <laughs> She is ador and in this movie, adorable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Amanda Bears. Yeah, yep. Amanda Bears. So, Jerry Dandridge himself, the the vampire next door, by you know, played by Chris Sarandon. So he he's he's like I said, he's he's a little bit of the the playboy type of character, a little bit, uh, you know. He's the kind of vampire character that I imagine if he had been alive for 300 years, he would have been regal living in a palace somewhere. You know what I mean? Like he's got that, that, uh, you know, wave to him. Right. 
Um, he lives with his, I mean, what do you want to call him? His ghoul, his familiar, his, familiar. Yeah, his boy toy, whatever you want to say, in the house. And a guy was awesome. He came around the corner <laughs> at the start. Yep. <laughs> Do you remember when he comes out of the car? What are you doing, boy? <laughs> no, it's... Uh, yeah, kid. <laughs> yeah. Get your shit straight, Tim. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> Whatever, Adam. I'm finally getting to pick on Tim and it's backfiring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't think that no, through, did you, not bud? Not at all. Not at all. Where do they get all these ghouls? Seems like every vampire's got some crony that will just do all their bidding for him. Yeah, but I mean, there are movies that have gone into the. Seems like everybody's oh. got Adam. Get some sunscreen for this boy because he just got burnt. <laughs> and I'm pasty, so you know it works out on every level. What was just said, so. That's like T-burns, I think, already, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not keeping count, but I think I'm on my third degree burn now. Yes, that's right. <laughs> we need a little counter up in the corner. Ding! Yeah. Okay, I'll do some Adam burns. Ding! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, One of those, like, Mortal Kombat counters? Where it's got Adam's name and his health bar? At the end of the episode, Adam's in the red. Finish him! Oh my gosh, is that gonna be a is that gonna be a segment on the show now? Finish him, where Tim just fucking rips me apart at the very end. Yeah, just Up five minutes of left right punch. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah, we got this suave ass vampire. We got the crony. And Tim had already said it. We have Amanda Bears as a character in this movie. Well, I mean, she plays um, what? Amy. Amy. Amy in this movie, Amy Peterson. And she, Tim said it, she's adorable, but it's like one of those things where it's like the vast majority of people who will be watching this movie will remember her from married with children where she played a much different role. Cause she was the annoying high pitched neighbor. But in this movie, she really like, I can actually separate her from Marcy in this, in this movie, because like, she really did like play the role. Well, I mean, she was, she was the girlfriend. She was, I, I, was she high school age, I guess, when she filmed this? I don't really know, but... Uh, no. no. Oh, no. She, she played a high school age. But she, be, she looked like Marcy in 80s clothes <laughs> instead of Marcy in 90s clothes. Like, she looked the same, but it's so weird because, like, I didn't think she was cute on that show. But on in this movie, I'm like, she's fucking... Like I said, she's adorable. It's weird. <laughs> Actors. It's I agree. Weird. I agree. Because <laughs> she looks exactly the same. Right. It took me a while to put it together, and then when I put it together, I'm like, wait a second. I just thought that she was. Yeah. I've just been looking at her, thinking, oh, she's she's pretty cute, right? And, and then I put the two and two together with Marcy and everything. I'm like, what? How did yeah. this? Put the yeah. polo shirt and the cardigan on her, and it's like, ew. How does that work? And yeah. and the head bob, you know, the chicken. Why are you talking to me like that, Al? Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we have her in the movie then we have obviously the the main love interest of amanda barris's character uh we have charlie brewster the main character of the movie himself so uh charlie brewster is the boy next door who determines that we have the vampire living next door and uh, you know in jerry dandridge and i think i think if this kid couldn't act the way he did this movie would have sucked like I feel that this this kid's he made this movie great. Like just his reaction to everything, his timing. Like I thought he was great. Yeah. And and it's it's weird too because he's one of those actors that I don't really know from much else at all. Like I've seen him in like TV shows and passing and stuff, but I mean, like what else has he really done? Go on yeah, his IMDb. It, bud. Yeah, we'll, we'll check him out on the IMDb maybe when Josh is giving his notes and stuff like this, but. But to be honest, I don't, I don't really remember a lot that he has done. And, and this movie, he's very like, he's enthralling with the, with his character. He does play the dopey, the dopey kid that, you know, is just, 
he's in trouble. <laughs> you know, there's, there's shit to be done. And, and he's getting pissed off pretty easily because nobody wants to believe him. And let's face it. My favorite character in this movie is actually his dumbass best friend. Who's, who's for uh, evil, evil, which evil yeah. got on my nerves after a while. Oh, I no. liked him when he, I liked when he became a, a fucking vampire, like when he was vampire <laughs> evil, like he was great. But like when he was just his friend, it's like, shut up. But he's like, <laughs> I, I have to ask Aaron. I was like, is that his friend or is that his enemy? I'm kind of like, I, I was confused. I was like, he sounds like a little bully yeah. jerk. This is frenemy. That's right. And, and it's, it's funny. It's funny too, because like, you know, he considers him like his best friend almost. And, and he's like the epitome of the horror movie fanatic from the eighties too. Right. He even had the nickname. Everybody called him evil, which he hated for some reason. I'm sorry. If I was living in the eighties and everybody was like evil, I'd be like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's like, that's like great, man. But this guy's like, don't ever call me that man. Come on, man. That's great. I mean, he, but this is, this is the character that would have birthed like, you know, Randy and scream. Like this guy knew all the tropes of the horror movies. He knew what to do to handle monsters and situations. He was, he was the one that knew the rules of horror movies before Randy knew the rules of horror movies. Yeah. He was, he was a toolkit, tool right? You had yep. him, which eventually, you know, if you went into a comedy movie, it would have evolved into Chainsaw from Summer School, and then from there it would have went to Randy and Scream. So this is the best friend who, you know, loves horror that much. So, but yeah, it was a very weird relationship. There was like I remember sitting down to watch this movie again, going, "Do these guys really actually like each other?" Like, yeah, I didn't get that vibe at all. No. no either no not at all like especially when he he um uh what's his face fucking comes up to his room for the first time um when uh what's his name charlie when charlie comes up to his room he's like oh my god there's a vampire you gotta help me it was almost like fucking evil was just yeah do this and do that because he wanted his 20 bucks or eight bucks (laughs) i got eight bucks eight bucks yeah yes Like, he was just randomly spouting out vampire stuff. Just to get his eight bucks. But not that he actually thought, yeah, just to get his eight bucks. That was the vibe I got. That's when I called him a frenemy that yeah. night today. I was like, he's a frenemy. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've met a few people like that in Waterville, so those people do exist. <laughs> <laughs> I kid yeah, you not. Yeah. She's a valley girl, just like the rest of us, so, you know. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a valley girl, so is yeah. Josh. Adam so is Josh. Josh is a valley girl. Right up. <clears throat> yep. Um, <laughs> I'm not. That. <laughs> City, boy. City boy. Yep. All right. So we got Evil Ed and um, heck. You're missing the best character. Okay, Adam. Josh. Yeah, who's the, the best, best fucking character fucking... than Josh? Like, like we gotta even talk about this guy. The mom. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Busey as the mom. <laughs> I almost said it. I almost said it, but I was like, uh... Uh, "I'm glad you so said." So this like Vincent Price type character who's like on the TV all the time. He narrates like the horror shows, yeah. and he's on late night like shitty B movie horrors. He introduces them and stars in them. And apparently, he also just happens to live in the same neighborhood as our main character. And our main character, like, idolized Peter them. Vincent, Vampire Hunter. This Excellent. McDowell. Yeah. Roddy McDowell. Rowdy. I was thinking Rowdy, Roddy, Roddy, Roddy McDowell. Yeah. <laughs> well, Peter Vincent, he has this great story arc where he gets approached uh, to help him fight the vampires because he thinks that he does believe in vampires, but he doesn't. But then he finds out at the end that he does. Oh, yeah. great. He, has, he has a good story arc in this and and it's 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 a well-played character too i mean you know by you know dell but um it's 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 a very very it's a very particular character in the in the fact that what like you said he he plays multiple people in this you know because he's he's acting and he's acting as an actor and he's got the two personas because he's got this very cool ass like you said vincent price scenario going on here where he's on tv it's it's a straight up fucking tribute to like old Hammer films. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The Peter Cushing and stuff like this, absolutely. right? 
Like that fucking coat he wears with the the the, the sleeves yes. open and yep. <laughs> it's like kind of a cape. I kind of want one. Badass. Like I'd rock that it's now. Badass. And then and then he drops Vampire it afterwards brother. when he's actually meeting with people. It's like, oh, you want an autograph? And he's you know the, the accent comes on a yeah. little bit thicker. And he's you know he's he's a, he's a general person that you know when you go into his actual apartment, it's like royalty lives like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he's so idolized by the character, right? And it's. You know, it's a, yeah. but he's a, he's a great character because he he does set the tone for the fact that when the movie starts off and it's all about Fright Night. You know, I love I love the actual like the the, the montages of the videos and shit like that. I love that, and uh, yeah. and and it really does set the tone for the fact that you know shit's gonna happen in this. And right off the bat, I mean, why would they put this character in the movie if he wasn't going to be involved in some way? You know what I mean? Like there was just there had to be a way to get this character involved. So. Well, as much as I said, uh, Charlie, the actor, really sold his scenes. Peter Vincent also really sold his scenes. And then, like, when the two of them are together, reacting to all the vampire shit, it's it's fucking gold. Like, just the reactions of, like, like I don't know. I fucking when when the fucking familiars it. coming at them. <laughs> Yeah, on the on the yeah, stairwell yeah, shoot, yeah, shoot them, and they're just like fucking yeah, so jaws agape, like ah. Yeah. yeah. I I think Peter Vincent is like the Bruce Campbell of the, this movie's world. Yeah, that's fair. He's just like a B movie star that like hosts and and is like super, almost like jokingly pompous <laughs> to his fans. Good, good yeah. points. Yeah. Good points. All right, characters. Anybody else you want to talk about for characters? Uh, that's everybody else is just throwaway trash. Okay, all right. <laughs> effects work. Let's jump right into effects work here now. So this movie has some pretty. There's a bunch. Was that? There was a bunch. Of different there was a bunch of different work. effects work, but this movie has some pretty damn cool monster effects for the vampire. It was. It was. It was a different take on the transition of a vampire. He really became very demonic looking. And I, I thought it was a yeah. good take on it. It was yeah. there were There were a couple of, man, I'm telling you, them. I love any, any kind of movie really in 1980s just absolutely rocked, right? It was the year of practical effects that, the, the, you know, I mean, it, it was just absolutely fantastic during the eighties. Um, this uh, Fright Night to me is, I think that was probably the second horror movie I saw after, you know, uh, Silver Bullet or whatever. But I'm telling you, this one here was the one that really solidified to me that I, that uh, this is how makeup effects should be. And man, do they ever show them off pretty, pretty good in that, right? Especially with the transition at the very end. You know, he's half human, half, you know, just absolutely fantastic, all wet and, and the whole thing. Yeah, it, it I, you know, I try to pick it apart. The only okay, the only thing that I would say uh, would be kind of on the edge, but maybe they were trying to do it to keep that character kind of looking a little cheesy was on Vincent. His hair, yeah, yeah it was a hair color in it, and you yeah. could see like I could tell. I picked that out every time, but that's just me being being a makeup. He guy. also had the the fake uh, wrinkles too. Yeah, they yeah. added the dark in to the, make them. I noticed that right away. I was like, "Why did they do the theatrical?" See, this is this is where you guys are going wrong. When you got squinty little eyes and you're watching it on VHS, you don't notice this stuff. Uh, on VHS, yeah, yeah. Oh. Can, can I ask Josh? Is that how you watched it? Yeah, with my squinty little eyes. On VHS. <laughs> yes. Nice. That's how you watch '80s horror. You don't yeah, see the right. strings. You don't see the the mold lines. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. So, can I ask a question? Are you allowed giving stuff away? Like, I don't want to ruin it if I call something oh, out. No, oh, no, no. Yeah. Go ahead. Go right ahead. It. Okay. No, go do it. Guys, that was like the best scene, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. They indirectly made one of the best werewolf transformations in a vampire I movie. Yeah, I thought it was right. so good. Yeah. And, and it, oh, it broke my heart. Yeah. <laughs> it made me so sad. I was like, his head. I was like, oh grabbing grabbing I at, the, uh, at the, the piece of wood and stuff like this, yeah. and he's like... I was like, oh my gosh, a poor thing. You know what? I think I, I think I saw some of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, 
in some of the melting scenes. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I'm pretty sure I haven't seen the behind the scenes of this, but I'm pretty sure that they've they've sculpted in, in waxes or something like that, put and layers on, and then heated it and, and yeah, sped, it, sped it, it up. Right? Dropped off, and, and I it was like, "What?" Absolutely awesome. I love there it. again, practical effects, right? They thought it up, it. and the melting and face. Those, those same effects they used for the ending scene in the original Evil Dead, like that reverse claymation, right. yeah. melting wax, yeah. fucking yeah. porridge spilling out, cream corn, whatever they could use. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Like, if they used all that stuff today in some of these horror flicks, yeah. we would latch on to it, right? Yeah, totally. like, you never would. The actors would walk out. <laughs> well, they would, you, yeah, yeah. You couldn't pile the stuff they piled on them in the days, make them wear glass contacts and pour cream corn on their head on and their head, douse yeah. them in syrup and stick them out in minus 20-degree weather and film them. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was another thing that stood out in this movie was the, uh, the contact lenses. Yeah. Like, they were incredible. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, Horrible. Whoever designed Incredible. those, uh, absolutely fantastic because it made their eyes look like they were right. They, yeah. You know, Scalera lenses or whatever, but the paint job on those were absolutely yeah. insane. They made, they made a lot of that movie because when he's looking into the camera, you feel it mm -hmm. piercing yeah. you with those eyes, yeah. right? Well, there was there was one scene where he was in the club, um, Jerry, and he fucking picks up the bigger bouncer. Yeah. And like his eyes are like yeah. red. And I'm like, they didn't even look fake. Like it just looked like he's got fucking red eyes. Like that's. It was kind yeah. Of... yeah. I don't know if, they, if, they, if there was like a spot that hit him at the perfect time or whatever, yeah. but I know exactly what you're talking And it looked yeah. like real. There was no. Like they were glowing, but they weren't. Yeah. And yeah, it, it looked very yeah. real. Yeah. One of my. Yeah. The only great. No, no, you oh, go sorry, ahead, Josh. I want to hear what you say. The, the only grape I really have is I didn't like the main vamp his like uber form once he really changed I know that they were going for something different but it wasn't very vampire like you said it was very demonic His he didn't have fangs he just had like a set of teeth I think honestly like the evil ed vampire was better uh, the the main girl there when she changed over her vamp oh my god with the big fucking mouth yeah. that's great. life man yeah right? that was so good was actually... i wish they would have done something bigger for the uh the big bad but i mean yeah. he did have he did have fangs but when you when you look at them very carefully he almost has more like wolf-like fangs because he's got bottom fang teeth and he's got the top fang teeth you know when he converts you know but like you like i i said and you said too it's it's more demonic when when dandridge kind of transforms but he also it's cool too because it isn't just like demonic form at one point he looks demonic and then at another point he looks like elderly demonic so it's almost yeah. like he is showing age you know what i mean at that point like in his true form we'll just say right yeah. it's pretty cool but yeah go he had a lot of, of um, makeup, uh, like different makeups on. Yeah, he did. There were probably four were or five different stages of things. Because when you see him down in the basement, right, mm -hmm. hanging over his coffin, he's looking completely different than he did upstairs. So there's a yep. lot of there's a lot of stuff going on there, right, yep. with his uh, with his uh, changing and 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 things like that. So I like I don't know if you see one specific shape for so long that you're like okay that's got to be the shape that he's that he is right I, I mean there's so many different changes throughout it's hard well, i think it just it goes goes with the fact that like usually in vampire lore they can change shapes at will like i almost feel like the 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 one at the end when he actually gets staked and fucking like the sunlight and all that comes through i feel like that's probably his true form Right. You know yeah, what I mean? I agree. Not the bad or yeah. any other weird stuff that they threw in there. It was just like they, they shuffled the deck and they were like, oh, what yeah. the hell? Let's just yeah. throw the ball in there. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of, it was fun though. It made it interesting. I liked, I liked it. Yeah. And, and all the, all the vampires that appear in the movie do have a distinction to them. So we had mentioned this. So Dandridge was very distinct and he had many different like layers, almost like boss layers at that point. It was kind of funny. Um, yeah. Good call. yeah. Boss, layers. boss layers. You've yeah, defeated like my that. first yeah. form, you know? And... <laughs> yeah, no, that's fucking great. Yeah. And, uh, and then you have evil Ed who he's probably 
Watch him fuck it up. Right <laughs> He's now. probably one of the more iconic <laughs> vampire looks in this movie because he is more of a traditional vampire. But when he's walking around with that fucking cross, uh, you know, burn singe into his forehead. I total got fucking Lost Boys vibes yeah. from him. Yeah. Like just him being young and you get the spiky hair and yeah. just even his makeup. Like there's even one point where he's got fucking tears coming down his eyes. I was like, yeah. Yeah, you totally. Oh, actually, this came out before Lost Boys, so Lost Boys ripped them off. Oh. Yeah. Lost Boys was 87. Yeah, 87 Lost Boys. But I found, as much as Tim was saying that, that Evil Ed became annoying at, at one point or another, when he was a vampire, his playful asshole attitude was, was great. perfect. Was great. Because it was, it, 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 was. it just, it pissed on you you know what i mean like he was just he was an asshole about everything and it was great you know you're so cool brewster you know it was it's fucking great right <laughs> i don't know i don't know yeah no i think i agree with you he was one of my favorite characters just for comic relief only yeah yeah. I'm still confused with the werewolf. Like, where did the fucking werewolf ability come from? Can they all do that, or is it just they it? speak to wolves, and they also have ability over top of, um, like, bats and things like that. So I just, I didn't understand the wolf thing at all at first, but it makes sense <clears> if <throat> they have some kind of, like, charm over those kind of animals. Yeah, because like Dracula the... had the wolves that he could right. summon, and he could change into a bat and he, and, and, stuff. and right. Br- Bram Stoker's Dracula could change, change into a wolf too. Could... Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this this seems like they're going more this to a pain. direct traditional vampire lore. Yeah. I think they initially picked the bat because the bat goes into a cave during the day. It's in the it's it's always at night, right? Mm-hmm. So they automatically everybody automatically picked that the that was the that was the form that Dracula's or, or you know, a vampire's yeah. going to have as a bat, right? I don't necessarily think that it was the bat. I think they could transform into a bat to get into the cave, to get out of the sunlight and, mm-hmm. you know. So technically they could turn into an owl if they wanted to. Right. Or yeah. a wolf. Or a, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And vampire owl. owl. Vampire squirrel. <laughs> vampire owls. Yeah. Make- owls are creepy, man. Yeah, uh, owls are creepy. I'm not gonna lie. I like yeah. that idea. That's, yeah. that's has there ever been a uh, uh, vampire movie that's done like the uh, grains of rice counting thing? Have you ever heard of that? Oh. That no. vampire like they have to stop and count. Yeah, yeah. The coin coins oh. and it, stuff that's dropped on the ground. So like. Right? You literally oh, just pulled I love the count. You just tied that together. That was. <laughs> That's where I got the count from. That makes so much oh, sense. I'm losing my shit over here now. <laughs> I want to see that in like a, uh, a a genuine vampire horror movie. That that's how they escape. They just throw their change on the floor. I'm going to tell run. you right now. I do recall seeing that in at least one movie. There was a moment where yeah. it was like somebody throwing stuff, and and the, and the creature was like, like pissed off. He's like, "I'm gonna kill, damn it!" And he's like, starts counting what's on the ground. <laughs> I'm gonna look that up a little bit later because I swear that did happen in a movie at one point, and I don't know what it was. It could have been like Dracula dead and loving it from Mel Brooks or some shit for all I know, but it did happen at one point. Yeah. That's funny. Oh man. <laughs> all right, Josh, uh... do you have any notes for us? I did take notes. Can you? Can, I I hope one of them is. Oh my God, Humperdinck's <laughs> bopping. Well, no, I I couldn't seat. piece it together. I didn't realize it was Humperdinck. That's I literally said that out loud. Mm. What's I, was that? Watching, I was like, oh, it's Humperdinck. Yeah. Fucking Marcy. <clears throat> Hello everybody, I am Fabio Frizzi and you are listening to Daycast from the Coast. Alright. Uh, so this is uh, my recorded notes for my first viewing of Fright Night. Recorded April 5th, 2020 at 9.54pm. Uh, these two are talking like seventh grade 
drama students. If this is going to be the acting that is happening in this film, it's going to be a bad one. Oh, you at the very start, the movie? Yeah. That like, kiss sound the effect thing. is the most He's cheesiest like, thing on? I've ever seen yeah. or heard. Oh, thank God. It was just the TV. Great fake out. Thank <laughs> you. I legitimately thought Adam had me watching something where that was the level of acting we were going to be listening to. Why blame me? What the fuck? Because <laughs> you reckon you wanted to do these two movies. Uh, Charlie is getting a little handsy here. And then the next note was, why does he have binoculars on deck? He's just got binoculars by the window. This little pervert just looking out the windows watching people. <laughs> it was my fault, not yours. Quote, this movie is completely unrealistic. A woman has never said this before. This spiky-haired kid in the orange shirt is definitely a serial killer. That was uh, evil. Uh, busted watching the neighbors bang. Immediately wakes up your mom. Yeah, awkward. <laughs> Strange. So this is one of my favorite horror tropes. The kid sees it and no one believes him. And another favorite... Uh, another favorite one is the incompetent police department. Eight bucks for survival advice. Really good deal, Ed. <laughs> I said, oh snap, the rules. This movie is hitting all the right notes so far. She invited him in. Oh fuck. He's so arrogant. I love it. He knows you know. And then my next note was, did he just bang his mom? <laughs> did he? No. <laughs> Maybe. I I think he did. I think he's like, yeah, fuck you, and I'm fucking your mom. <laughs> they left it he... to interpretation. That's yeah. interpretation. Uh, the next note here is, tossed him right through the closet. And then, why the fuck was his window nailed shut? Uh, why give him the choice? This vampire is really weird. Yeah, like he gave him the choice. He's like, just pretend like you never saw anything at all. It's like you're a vampire. Just slit his throat. Uh, didn't like the reveal of his uber vamp mode. Looked kind of lame, honestly. Uh, did the mom just offer her son a high-level narcotic to go to sleep? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Valium. Yeah. We'll just pop some Valium. Oh, my God. Demented men in ski masks hacking up versions. That is a pretty solid meta gag towards the the horror community. He only had eight bucks yesterday. Now he has enough money to go out and buy a room full of garlic and candles. Candles aren't cheap, man. For those who believe in vampires, he invites strangers in pretty willy-nilly. That would have been uh, Vincent. Or not Vincent. Yeah, Vincent. Uh, oh my fuck, he has no reflection. Vincent is a vampire pretending to be a vampire hunter on TV. At this point, I was convinced that was the plot. Because he's talking about how the mirrors and the, the stuff, and they shot each scene with him not in any of the mirrors. So I was convinced at this point that that character was a vampire. And then I wrote, uh, this vampire eats an awful lot of fruit. I don't know if you notice that. Every scene that the, the yep. main character walks in, it's, he's like, eat it's, an apple. It's part of the trivia. It's part of the trivia. Like, Okay, I was like, why? Why is this guy, is he worried about his vitamin C intake or something? <laughs> so, hmm, Vincent grabbed the cross. Maybe he's not a vampire. And then this is one of the quotes. Uh, hey, where are you going, pencil dick? <laughs> yes. Uh, this super rural town has some pretty urban alleyways. How is this movie only halfway through at this point? <laughs> Hurry, there's a vampire out here. I said, well, he's not wrong. <laughs> That's when Ed was at the door, and he's like, let me in, let me in, there's a vampire out here. <laughs> Evil Spang's overall makeup is amazing. Uh, not traditional vampire, but very cool. And then I just wrote, this whole club scene is very weird and making me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> now it got even weirder. He's been calm and under the radar this whole time, and now he's just slashing bouncers in half. I wrote, evil is fucked. Nothing ages better than an 80s soundtrack. The cinematographer really wanted to frame up as many times as possible with the vampire standing behind that nice stained glass. 
There was like eight scenes where he walks out and stands right in front of that stained glass. I caught it too. I was like, yeah. when is he gonna break it? <laughs> yeah, you know the cinematographer's like, make sure you make sure you, you you angle it up perfectly so that we can see that stained glass. Uh, you have to have faith. That's fine. It's in the rules. But why did it work for evil? So the cross whole thing. One of the rules is the cross only works if you have faith in the cross. So Vincent wasn't able to use the cross on the main vampire, but he was able to use it on evil. Don't know why. Could be because when, I don't know, in that split second, he was like, believed in God. Or maybe? evil had faith in the cross? No, I know. Because no. it would be the person that... Yeah, all uh, the that doesn't make no. sense. No. I, don't, I think no. the script supervisor... That one done fucked up. Yeah. That was a club. Uh, the yarn wig is a little much. <laughs> <laughs> when his mom was... So awesome, and he's yeah. dancing on the bed. It's like wigging all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Wrote, where what the fuck did the think? werewolf come from? I thought this movie was about vampires. I just wrote, so the vampires can turn into werewolves. Again, a little much. Stop making the rules more complicated than they need to be. Although it's I do rule, get... Though. It's a rule. Although I do guess that uh, wolves were in Bram Stoker's Dracula. You guessed right. Uh, more rule. So if they kill the head vampire before she turns completely, the curse is reversed. Okay. He was just bluffing. Quote. <laughs> so what is he? Definitely not a vampire or mortal. Some sort of slime-filled ghoul. Practical effects for the giant bat. Amazing face for Amy. Very very creepy. So amazing practical effects on the giant bat, and then uh, Amy's face was yeah. very well done as well with the big smile. Uh, nice effects for dusting the end vamp. And I wrote happy ending. I sure hope not. I said the whole story arc was just about Charlie getting laid. <laughs> Yeah. Starts with a rejection, ends with it's good. And then by the end, it's all gravy. See the shit I did for this? I'll take the evil eye as a cliffhanger and not a true happy ending, so I'll give it that point. Evil eyes, yep. And and evil's laugh. So, okay. Good notes. And those are your notes. So, I do believe it's trivia time of Tim. Um, in 2015, when asked if he could do a sequel to any of his movies, ignoring existing reboots, uh, through, uh, YouTube, writer-director Tom Holland replied that he would love to do a follow-up to the original Fright Night, utilizing the original cast. His proposed, proposed plot was, Charlie is a single father, inherits his mother's home when she passes away. Soon after taking up residence, his two teenage children become convinced that there's something evil next door, namely Evil Ed, who's squatting in the abandoned mansion next door, attempting to resurrect Jerry Dandridge. I would watch the fuck out of that. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. That's good. Um, yeah, I don't know how I could top that. That, that, was, that was a pretty <laughs> good little old. juicy picture, little piece of trivia. Um the film's genesis came in Tom Holland wanting to do a vampire story cross, crossbred with The Boy Who Cried Wolf. Uh, avoiding using special effects at the expense of good acting, Holland included uh, plenty of humor, warmth, and relationships. He also wanted to make it valid to the modern audience, rooting in reality, hence the suburbia setting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, okay, so the reason why fucking Jerry was always eating fruit um, it was Christian. Uh, how do you say his name? Chris. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Chris Shandon. Char- Char- Chris Sarandon. 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 Yeah. Okay, so it was Chris Sarandon's idea to have Jerry eating apples throughout the film, while researching vampire lore. Forbidden fruit. No, he looked at the information about bats and included. That Jerry must have a lot of fruit bats in his DNA. Oh, wonk, wonk. I like you it. See, fruit bats. <laughs> um, yeah, because I didn't think vampires could eat people Apple. food. 
Yeah, yeah, I was confused over that too. So that's good to know. Yeah, but it gets back to what we talked about earlier about is he can is it just that he can turn into a bat or is it that he can turn into anything because he's a vampire, a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, they tend to think of the night. Fruit bat DNA. Uh, Although the part of Peter Vincent was based upon and originally written for Vincent Price to play. Obviously. Vincent Price couldn't, for whatever reason. Uh, Roddy McDowell decided to play Peter Vincent, not in the same way or even league uh, as Price. He goes... Uh, he was basically trying to do a tribute to old monster uh, hammer monster movies um, and uh, he tried to play him more like Peter Lore or uh, Boris Karloff instead of you know yeah. Vincent Price or um, uh, Peter Cushion um, which brings me to the next piece of trivia Peter Vincent is actually named after Peter Cushion and Vincent Price That's perfect right. Um, perfect. Uh, give me one more sec here. Just double checking something. Okay, so in the scene uh, where Amy and uh, Evil arrive at Charlie's house to find his room adorned with crosses and candles, uh, Stephen Jeffries, who played Evil Ed, uh, was actually suffering from a bad case of food poisoning and literally had to go above and beyond to fake like to act because <clears throat> I guess there's some scene like some shot where he's like literally covered in like sweat and like pale as fuck and it was before he was a vampire so that would make sense <laughs> um oh, yeah. and apparently it's uh, only a severe case of gingivitis <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Roddy McDowell uh, basically had one of his uh, masks from Planet of the Apes uh, visible in Peter Vincent's apartment which is kind of cool there's another one that I wanted to say and then I think I'm done it was in the glass case Tim I think in the background wasn't it yeah yeah. he had all kinds of like props and stuff yeah it was awesome I I was like viewing right in I even backed it up see, see what I could see um, Tom Holland uh, originally conceived the role of Peter Vincent for Vincent Price. Uh, Price wanted to do it, but his health was declining, and he was trying to shy away from accepting horror roles at that point in his career. So that's why it's not Vincent Price, even though it would have been yeah, fucking been. awesome. Absolutely, man was truly a legend. Was. But he could have got Christopher Lee to do it. Christopher Lee would have been awesome as a two. That yeah. fucking voice. Um, I think that's it. I can't really find anything else that's actually any... Uh, the, oh, this, this movie pays numerous tributes to Salem's Lot, such as the house with the large staircase and the window backdrop, the basement finale at dawn, the old man, younger boy, vampire hunters... Uh, human Guardian, Final Demise on the Stairs, Head Vampire, and both by Stephen King. Nice. nice. Yeah. Boom. Awesome. So uh, I found out what I was talking about there earlier. So you guys remember Dracula 2000 from Wes Craven? They did a sequel called yeah. Dracula 2 The Ascension. And in that movie, and I remember watching it, it was a direct video sequel. They did have scenes that played more into the different weird lores of vampires. And one of them was somebody took a thing of mustard seeds and threw them on the ground to distract the vampire. And he actually sat there counting them. So, yeah, so it did happen. And the other, the other thing that came up when it came to counting lores, but it wasn't really counting, but like distraction was uh, people were thinking uh, in the original Leprechaun movie, he wasn't counting shoes. The shoes were getting dirty, but he was he was distracted. He had yeah. to pick up the shoes and clean them. All right? Yeah. So it was like, you know, distracting. I remember yeah, that one. That's cool. Uh, little piece of trivia that I found out, which was interesting. Whoa, yeah, whoa, Yeah, I'm going to jump whoa. on you there for a second. Drinking my fucking Stephen Jeffries actually left Hollywood for quite a few years, and uh, after playing Evil Ed in this and a couple of other roles, and he went on to be a porn star, and and starred in something like thirty porn. 
you know, for, for like the rest of his career. Oh I hope his porn name was fucking Evil Ed. There was a lot of porn It was uh, <laughs> Evil Head. His, his oh, screen yeah. name was Sam Ritter. Sam and he started in very, very okay. interestingly named films. I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> oh, no. oh, boy. They, they ran the gamut. I bet you, I bet you Adam didn't have to look this up. I he knew I recognized him. Information. Incriminating mole. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All wow. right. So with that, we are going to give everybody's final thoughts and uh, and our judgment on this movie. So once again, just to be clear, the judgment is like rating a movie, you know, for for public consumption. We have rated S for shit, G for good, PG for pretty good, R for recommended, X for excellent. And tonight, Jamie, I'd like you to go first. Okay. I am going to rate this as excellent. I'm going to rate this as excellent only because I grew up on this movie and it was probably like one of the best uh, vampire movies that I've ever seen until Bram Stoker's Dracula came along. But also because one of my favorite, favorite, favorite movies of all times is The Burbs. And part of the burbs that I love so much is that it takes all these mishap, crazy, zany people from all these different walks of life that have to go after the bad guy because nobody else believes them. So this has very much that very 80s vibe of slapstick comedy. I just love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Excellent. You want to know it's fucked up? There's a piece of trivia. This was literally filmed at the same Hollywood backlot of the 1989 Tom Hanks movie, The Burbs. <gasps> yeah. Well, no wonder some That's of That's awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it had that feel like we yeah. both kind of were like, oh my gosh, yeah, it totally feels like The Burbs. But <clears throat> it was just, it, I, it's beyond recommended. I think that it's a, a must watch for anybody who... Uh, enjoys that kind of humor and because we laugh the whole way through it and horror. Yeah, it's great. Good call. Good call. Tim. Um, So I remember when it come out 85 and it would have been on the movie channel 86 probably. I remember waking up in the middle of the night and not not being able to go back to sleep. And I snuck downstairs and turned on the movie channel. And this was on. And it was literally the first horror movie that I sat down. And this is the movie that made me a horror fan. Like, it's the first horror. I I remember it. I remember the end in front of the big fucking stained glass window. And they were fighting. And I thought it was funny. But the horror was really good. The vampire is the first. Yeah. Um and I, I felt the same thing literally a couple hours ago watching it again because I haven't watched this movie in years, years. Um, it's it's such a fun movie. It, it, the horror is really good, but it's fun and it's funny in the right ways and it's got that nostalgia factor and like it's 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 a movie. I mean, I thought the remake was okay, um, but there was like this 80s charm with it and I just, I fucking, I love everything about it. I love everything about it. I'm writing it a fucking, I'm going full balls to the wall. Nice. Two X's. Oh. Hey, like I said, it's it's the first movie that it, it oh, just got me into horror. X and we got the porno status. <laughs> That's what I tried. Right? So Adam or Aaron? Because Josh ain't gonna do it. You guys, don't go silly now. Just remember. Just remember, that is the highest grade possible. So think of all the horror movies out there, and you're gonna put this one on that top top I shelf. Doing this show, if I didn't watch this movie when I was fucking like eight yeah. years that's old. That's true. That's true. Next, Josh. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> garbage. Overall, this movie's very fun. Uh, slightly dated. There's a lot of like '80s stuff, like the soundtrack at times. It's very much a product of the '80s, uh, which isn't necessarily bad. There's a great amount of fucking cheese, which I love in a horror movie. It's got to have some cheese. There's some amazing practical effects. Uh, even if I wasn't a huge fan of, like, the 
vampire kind of demony look on the main guy there. Uh, follows almost all my rules for great horror. I got to give it an R. Highly recommend you watch this one. Oh, that's good. I'm actually very surprised, Josh. I thought you would have totally I'm went impressed. PG. No, uh, this this is worthy of an R. I don't think it's worthy of an X. I don't think it sits <clears> on the top <throat> top shelf of horror up there with the great. Uh, but it, but it is, you know, second shelf right down there, plain view. Grab her, pop her in, watch it once in a while. Good point. Good point. So two X's and an R so far. So uh, Aaron. Aaron, and don't feel pressured. Oh, no. Aaron, both of my hands. All in all, this this movie, like I said, it was like the second kind of horror movie I think that I that I got to see, and I was totally enthralled. It probably pushed me a little further into why I'm sitting doing what I like to do, which is makeup effects. So, um, so I have to I have to rate it pretty high, but at the same turn, I'm I'm. Um, I, I'm with you, uh, Tim, when it comes to the nostalgia. Like, like I was saying earlier, the '80s movies. Like, can you get one that you you can sit down and say you don't like? I mean, I love everything '80s, right? I, it's the time that we grew up and 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 things like that. So the nostalgia factor brings it up a lot of points for me. Yeah. Uh, this falls into like Goonies and and yep. you know Monster Squad and and all those different movies, uh, the Explorers. I got to make sure I put that one out there because not a lot of people talk about that one but um yeah you know what when when i rate this i think i'm gonna rate it I, i'm gonna give it an r myself i i agree that it's it's not completely top tier and i should say that the the makeup effects in it absolutely stellar yeah. i i i enjoyed i i don't find myself picking things apart when it comes to that kind of thing and, you, and it's hard to especially when it's done that well contact lenses everything just just it just it was. It all came together quite well. So you're just giving it an R. Yeah, because just I got an R. Just an R. Right. Yeah. Where's my X? <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. Adam. Adam. Can <laughs> you say something though? Your everything you, Aaron, and Josh said is absolutely right. If yeah. this was any other movie, without this fucking like emotional connection to my fucking childhood by all rights it's an r right. but because like to me and this this is i put this up there with like nostalgia factor with fucking star wars Ooh. like this is the movie that got me into horror yeah so that's why it gets an x it's not a top tier but it gets that from me because of what it means Right, and it, you'd be like that with the right, the Siberian rat monkey thing. Brain dead. What is that? The, the... What? The Siberian, <laughs> what uh, no, brain dead? brain dead or dead alive. Yeah. Dead oh, alive. Peter, exactly. Peter Jackson, exactly. the Siberian rat monkey. Yeah, but if, if you ask him, he'd be like, oh my gosh, it's excellent because it has reference to his childhood. But when I watched it, I was like, yeah, it's good. It's weird. It's funny. I get the 80s stuff and everything, but no. I love, I love that movie. We're gonna, <laughs> we did that movie before, didn't we, Tim? No, no. You should. You haven't done that. Dead Alive. Brain Dead. Dead Alive. It's so Oh, it's going <laughs> so on the good. list. It's so good. Yeah. The, yeah, the rat monkey, the which list. they get from Skull Island, by the way, the home of King Kong. It like it pretty much like 80% of the fucking filming locations is in Lord of the Rings. It's, yeah. just, it's, it's just a balls of the wall horror movie. Like the, yeah. I kick ass for the Lord. <laughs> Brilliant, Peter Jackson. <laughs> okay, yeah. all right, time to time to time Where to kind of lay, wrap this Adam? up a little bit, I guess. So, I agree with all the sentiments here tonight. This movie is nostalgic. It's amazingly well put together. It's got all the right comedy. It's got all the right bits of horror. It's got the suave motherfucker of the 80s wearing the awesome shirts and the in the weird synth pop fucking, you know, uh, bar that they that they visit, you know, um, the whole fucking <laughs> dirty, dirty dancing, dancing scene, scene with weird. Marcy. But I loved it. <laughs> It's got Marcy. I loved it. <laughs> this this movie really does put a lot of what I would consider a true classic 80 movie into effect. And it's got great actors. And it has one of the most, in my opinion, iconic 
makeup jobs of 80s horror movies in it. And I'm talking about Amanda Bears when she actually the mouth. Because, like, you, yeah, if you read so Fangoria, good. if you read anything horror-related for the longest time, or you remember Fright Flicks, the cards, the trading cards? She yep. was, like, a yep. poster piece in the back when you collected all the different cards. Well, that is the poster for the movie, is she's in the smoke mm-hmm. above That's the house, right? right? And yeah. it, I remember, like, it was one of my favorite makeups almost of all time growing up, because just the size of the mouth... I was like, how did the fuck did they pull that off? You know what I mean? Like thinking about it as a child, right? And it, it was just, it was amazing. And it, it always stands out um, right down from the the feeling of watching the late night uh, horror movies with the, you know, the Hammer type horror movies with like the, the Vincent Prices and the, the Alfred Hitchcock's presenting type of movies, right? Like it, it's got everything that makes horror great in this movie to me. Um but this is where you go but but <laughs> i can't go full tier on this because it, it fuck you <laughs> i'm done with this fucking show this movie this movie is very dear to my heart but it's not like i can say it's no it's on not the, it's, no, it's, it's not. not i, I can't no, give it it's not i showed what fucking dear to the heart is <laughs> yes you did but x. i can't give it an x but i will give it a a hard R rating. A hard R. Hard R. Like, it's to the point where I would consider giving it an X, but I just, I can't. I just, I can't push it over the edge. But it's a hard R. Like I said, it just doesn't belong on that oh, top shelf. No, it belongs on the movie. top shelf. It just doesn't, like, if you were to then properly organize the top shelf, it would be down a little bit farther from the, from the you know what I mean? Like, it's up there. That top shelf only has room for like eight or nine movies, Adam. That's a, now you're getting pretty fucking picky there, top. Josh. But oh well. Who says how many people are, or how many movies are on the top shelf? Just that's eight? what Josh says. Yeah, what a weird number. Why would uh, eight? <laughs> five. Like, why, why eight? Just eight seven. Just a random number. There's all kinds of random about Josh. Whatever. Timmy, can't feel bad, man, because I rated Silver Bullet higher, you know, previously, because that was my nostalgic movie that got me into what I did, so. Mine was Absolutely. So, yeah, you can't feel bad over that. I mean, that's, I think it's a great movie. It's just, it's just scraping the Yeah, like, it's, it's sitting right there. It's sitting right there. So, right. with that great night of discussion on this and uh you know we've had a we've had a wonderful time so once again thank you very much aaron and jamie for joining us on the show and we look forward to future episodes where you guys can come on and talk more (laughs) horror and bullshit with the bullshitters and uh we'll do that again in the near future (laughs) so thank you everybody for tuning in and uh, don't forget check us out on facebook like uh, the misunderstood art company check out the discussion group that we have for they cast from the coast check us out on youtube like subscribe share the videos we go live every monday night by the way uh, a lot of people have been seeing that it shows up on facebook but it also becomes part of our podcast platform distribution that we do so every episode that we do goes out on the major podcasts and platforms we have spotify itunes and google play for everybody's uh, you know purpose of listening and and by the way, we're on Patreon. So, uh, you know, if you feel so obliged, open up your hearts and your wallets and join the Patreon club for They Cast from the Coast. There you go. Make it rain. Make it rain. <laughs> and uh, help us out with uh, creativity and uh, help us uh, to be able to afford some, some extra stuff that we want to do in the future. So until next time, Josh. Everyone just stay home, pop a couple of volumes, and uh, when you come to, there'll be a new episode up. <laughs> Would you like to Tim? <laughs> I guess stay spooky. I mean, I guess it, it seems redundant after telling stay our spooky, audience. Pencil dick. <laughs> yeah, stay spooky, pencil dick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jamie? Again, I have nothing to say. Bye! Aaron! Uh, Hasta la vista, baby. (laughs) Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Good night! (laughs)